The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is the boys from Notebook Wagering going to bring you our latest podcast. If uh, I don't sound too familiar, I've been MIA, a little bit of uh, work catch up really got to me, but uh, the boys have been keeping up on everything. So tonight I have myself on here. We have Notebook Wagering, JCam, and at Smitty Bucks, Q's out for the week. Give you a little bit of an agenda real quick. We're going to touch on a little bit of some baseball, then we'll kick it off with some open championship, and then we're going to dabble in maybe a little bit of NFL, maybe some weekend slate of games, and anything else that probably is just going to jump off our papers here because we got a lot of catching up to do. Hey boys, it is happy French or happy National French Friday, and Smitty. I uh, likened you to basically, you're the curly fries of our group. Little, uh, little off the radar, yet still really good. Jay Cam, I'm giving you steak fries because you're like the meat of the rotation, got the stats. I'm pretty, I'm pretty just standard. So, boys, I've been gone. Give me a little bit of what's going on in your world. Smitty, kick us off. Not much. Uh, just really excited for the British Open. I've been doing okay. Hit a good one. Um, best bet. My best bet uh, last week in the Scottish Open came through. Um, uh, I'm going to lose his first name, Clark. Uh, I'm so bad with names, but whatever. Wyndham? Jordan. Yeah, Wyndham Clark. Yeah, Clark. Jordan. Jordan Smith really let me down. I uh, was playing really well and was really competing most of the weekend. And I had him top 20. And I think he went in on Sunday, only down maybe by three strokes and really just had a bad um sunday and it was really close i think he was right around 18th 19th place and i think he bogeyed uh 18 so he got out of that could have been a lot better but i'm excited for the british open major league baseball it's good to have you back matt and let's dive into it jay cam what's what's going on in the world south hills pa Everything's good down here. I was shocked. I was about to congratulate Smitty for hiring a professional announcer. I didn't really recognize your voice there. I thought we'd uh, gone out and found ourselves a Ryan Hyatt to host the show. So I was pretty excited about that. But then I recognized, oh, yeah, it's Matt. It's good to, it's good to have him back. But uh, I, I have Ryan on speed dial. I was ready to. <laughs> from the bullpen. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't hang with that guy. His voice is smooth, so. All right, yes. boys. Well, I'll uh, I'll touch. So, Smitty, you said about the Scottish Open. I actually cashed in that last week. It was nice to finally get back on the horse, proverbially. And uh, I had a couple guys. I had Shoffley, which was nice. I just needed one more guy to make the cut, and I probably would have finished first in my league. But I took a fourth overall. Got a little dough back, which is nice. Uh, I'm excited for the British. It is one of my favorites. I actually wake up a little bit earlier for work lay in bed, watch a little bit of the uh, early tea times, and then watch it during my phone all day. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start off with baseball, though, because since we are in the middle of summer, we got the All-Star game coming up. Somebody wanted to touch on, 
what are what's some surprise teams? What's some disappointing teams we got? I'll just give a quick general overview. I actually have four teams on the list, period. Um, and mine, crazy enough, is all American League based. I'll let you guys touch in more because I don't want to do any spoilers. So my two surprising teams are the Orioles, of course, which we have around fire. And then I kind of have an asterisk for one. And I have the Mariners. And the Mariners are only surprising because they started off really good. Then they tanked. Now they're back on it. They uh, 10 in a row right now. I had a ticket on them to win the AL West. I think that's dead because of how good Houston is. And then my two disappointing teams are also from the AL. I have the Tigers, who are 37 and 52, minus 97 run differential, and the Angels, uh, one and nine, their last 10, minus 115 run differential. Just bad, bad teams right now. But I know you guys have better stats than me right now since I've been out of touch. So, Jake, Cam, why don't you start us off? Give us some uh, baseball insight here. I think my surprising team is, is it's not really that surprising because they're always good, but the record surprises me is the, the Rays. The Rays are 47 and 40. And it seems like this year they've been just not that good at all. So I'm kind of surprised that there's they're kind of in that position right now. It doesn't like the offense isn't real good for them, but they always have arms. They have arms, you know, and when they don't, they just go on a triple A and they have way more arms there. So kind of just listing them here because I'm just shocked that their record's that good. The Blue Jays are too. They're, they're in second place. And they just fired their manager. Uh, can't really blame them because they were definitely in a tailspin. And it sounds like that he wasn't really uh, quite as managerial as ownership would like. A little bit too much of a players guy. So uh, I'm really surprised that both of those records are still as good as they are. Um, I'm going to go switch over to the NL. So we have to talk about them too. Um, you know, from this side, it's pretty much holding form. I think. Uh, I guess really what you could be is that the Phillies kind of just keep creeping in. <laughs> I guess that's the most surprising thing. They haven't, they're kind of just like, you know, trudging along and making up ground on the two teams that are ahead of them and the Mets kind of tailing off. Um, and then like disappointing teams, I think you kind of nailed it with the two that you have. Um, I'm trying to think who else I would throw in there, but um, really not. I mean, it's just the same old story. It's like these things are kind of really falling to form this year. There's the really the only surprise teams are really not really that surprising. They're not they're not in a position to actually win anything. They're just in a position to actually make a wild card. What do you have, Smitty? Yeah, I think surprising teams, like we said off air, I mean, Baltimore is just maybe the best story in, you know, in Major League right now. They're nine and one in their last 10. They're already up three nothing in the first tonight against Chicago Cubs. You know, bullpen's been really good you look at i think a lot of these teams that aren't any good and you look at the bullpen and you see the team era and that's kind of why they're not good their bullpen's been pretty good 3.23 uh seattle like matt said you know a lot of people i think maddie then had a i think a win total on seattle if i'm correct a lot of people like seattle started and like Matt said not very good they're playing extremely well um they won the first game today in a doubleheader against the Nats. I took the Nats tonight because I just kind of, it always seems like the team that wins the first game, you always go with the opposite team and it's been playing off. Now I played it tonight and the Nats have had some chances and they're just not a very good baseball team. And I think it's going to let me down, but that's a great team, you know, nine and one also um, coming in today, you know, disappointing teams. Toronto's won. Uh, you know, again, they're 46-42. Like Jason said, they fired their manager today. Now, what I've heard on Twitter today from a couple of different sources that it seemed like maybe a little bit of a party atmosphere. They didn't like, some of the people didn't like how 
they haven't been playing well and they're kind of like messing around and laughing and just having a good time still. And some people didn't like that. I mean, you take that for wherever you have on that. You know, the thing with Toronto, good average, not a bad average, 259. I think second in baseball, seventh in home run. Again, the bullpen, just the pitching 4.08 starting bullpens 4.26. Jason wrote me today on a text and said, not very good pitching. And I mean, that's what's going to happen. So they're there. I mean, even being over 500, still disappointing in my eyes. White Sox are another team that's really disappointing. Um, and then I don't know how you don't talk about the Angels with Trout and, you know, Atani and they're just, you know, they fired their manager and they just have not been good. So I, I hit a lot of AL there too. My one team, and I'm watching them right now because they're playing the Pirates. I thought a disappointing team, I thought they were going to be a little better this year was the Marlins. I thought they were going to be, the division's tough. Mets are really good. Braves are extremely good too. Phillies, pretty good team, even with Harper being out. I thought the Marlins were going to have a little bit better record. I mean, only four games coming under, but you know, you watch the last couple of nights against the Pirates here. They just their offense just doesn't really get going. Yeah. So I'm a little I'm a little shocked on that. I thought the Marlins would have a better year. I mean, they can turn it around, but those are my teams right now. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to the four I said real quick, which was Seattle, Baltimore, Angels, Detroit. And when I look at the stats now, all four right in a row at the bottom for average: two thirty four, two thirty one, two thirty one, and Detroit at two thirty. So it's kind of surprising to see my two surprise teams lumped in there at the bottom. Now, Seattle to me got going when Robbie Ray finally found his stuff. Um, he's killing it right now. He's back to his Cy Young form, playing really well. We talked off air, uh, a, a big name that we're going to hear, well, actually just from the Pittsburgh standpoint is JT Brubaker of the Pirates is going to be mentioned in trades. And I'd love to see him go to the Orioles. Um, we didn't want to ruin talking about it off the air. So we'll bring it up now. I'd love to see my Philadelphia Phillies actually get them, but I think it makes more sense that the Orioles go get an arm. That city hasn't been, they haven't been over 500 this late in the year since 2017. So that, I, like Charles Barkley said about the Washington football team, the NFL is better when that team is good. I feel Major League Baseball is better when the Baltimore Orioles are good. I'd love to see them make a crazy play. Don't don't by all means, please do not lose any of your top notch talent that you guys have built up, but go get somebody to help out. Maybe make a little interesting. Who knows? You're you can't win the division. The, the Yankees are a 99.5% like lock to win that division. They'd have to ultimately just collapse. And I, I mean, collapse like uh, Mount Vesuvius type collapse here. Um, so I'd love to see the Orioles go, get somebody, get an arm, maybe get one more bat. Their young kids are playing great. They have no cares right now. I, I, I think bigger a bigger surprise to me, though, is actually how bad Detroit is this year because that was a team that was mentioned to actually potentially take over the AL Central, maybe dethrone the Twins. That has not happened. This team better look to move some guys. Uh, that Javier Baez contract might eat at them for a few years. They're just, they're just not well. I don't think they're even in a good spot. If they can't perform in that division, uh, I think they have to rethink their path. So what else you guys have here on this rant I just went on? No, I was going to, I was going to throw out, I threw this out on the last show myself and Jason did, you know, just little tidbits for people, you know, keep an eye on the Sunday night teams that have to travel. 
Sunday night baseball. I, I jumped on it Sunday night. I, I lost, I had the under in the Yankees uh, Boston game and that just went crazy. I mean, that, and I even took a live bet on the under and that just went way over. I was really incorrect on that game, but I jumped on Tampa right away uh, for Monday night. Boston had to travel down to Tampa and uh, Tampa won. Keep an eye on that. The Sunday night thing trend is playing pretty good on these teams that have to travel. I think the week before, or a couple of weeks when myself and Jason did the show, Dodgers went out to Colorado. They played a Sunday night game and then they, they lost to Colorado. Also, I think one is the double headers. I'm going to probably lose this one tonight and that happens, but that's okay. You know, if a team wins the first game, look for the, the opposite team to win. Um, Seattle might sweep the Nats tonight, but I've been tracking these and it's like the opposite team that loses game one uh, usually comes back in game two. So just a couple little ideas to keep out there. And especially if you get a good number. Jason, you Jason? got anything else? No, I think Smitty hit it right there with things for baseball. Um, I think it's also that time of year where you're starting to see the favorites get really, really heavy odds. Um, so, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money betting minus 200s or minus 230s. So you've got to look to play the dogs. Baseball is just a different animal. You're not going to have a winning percentage. You're going to have to really track your units if you want to be profitable. You're probably going to end up around 45% if you have a good year on a winning percentage, but you just need to cash in on the dogs to uh, when you need the extra money to make it profitable. I do. I'll, I'll bring up one more squad here. And it's surprising actually how good their record is to me. And that's the Astros. Um, they lost no George Springer anymore. Alex Bregman has kind of came back to earth. Verlander's coming off. Tommy John surgery. He's 38. He's, he looks untouchable. Their bullpen is excellent. Kyle Tucker's playing great. They have all-stars just popping up everywhere. I, I mean, I thought they'd be good. Don't get me wrong. I didn't see 57 and 29 basically at the all-star break, the uh, 12 game lead. They are dominating the AL West 27 and 13 against their division. Now, granted that division has Oakland who is far and away the worst team in baseball right now. The angels who have underachieved Texas, who's actually probably performed better than anybody thought at 40 and 45, but they're, they're beating up on the teams they're supposed to. And then they're 16 and four against the central division. I don't know who they've played in the central so far, but dear Lord, is that a murderer's row? Uh, they are six and eight against the East. So uh, I, I guess against really top notch competition, it's they're basically a 500 team. So maybe as the uh, season plays out, playoffs near, maybe they'll get bumped off. But uh, I'm shocked at how good they're playing right now. I think that's a good point. I think that's a team that we have to watch here because I think what, Jordi Alvarez just went on the DL and there's rumors that it's not a 10-day stint, even though it's, he's on the 10-day DL, that this could be a little bit of longer injury. That lineup's not great. Vinny and I touched on this a little bit. Um, it's a little top-heavy. Um, the bottom is pitchable. So it'll be interesting how they do when they get to the postseason because they really just don't have the lineup depth they've had in prior years. I'm looking at their uh, – the, the prospects that they have available, just roster resources, a great resource from Fangraphs. Really only one top 100 guy. It's even like a guy they could move to improve that lineup. So this is, this is the Astros right now. So the pitching is going to have to hold up and they're just going to have to hope they can score enough runs off those top bats. And, you know, if Bregman kind of snaps back into position, that's like adding a hitter at this point. I will say one thing before we switch gears here, I'm still going to say muck the Fets and hope Will Hill's listening because, uh, God, I hope they come back <laughs> Back to the pack a little bit here. Although Atlanta is putting pressure on them, 
and has caught him. I, I, was, before we go to the uh, open, I think if the Phillies can get that lead down to five come August, it's, it's, their Phillies are behind eight and a half games. I might put a flyer ticket on the Phillies to win that division in hopes Harper comes back and jumpstart him for the stretch run. Go ahead, Smith. Yeah, just two more things I wrote down. You know, I just gave out some ideas about gambling. I think two pitchers to keep an eye on if you want to try to, to go against each time. I did last night. I gave out the run line in San Francisco uh, Giants against Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Keuchel's been a mess. Um, you know, last couple games, five innings, uh, six runs, seven innings, three runs. And then last night, two and a third, seven, um, seven runs, gave up three home runs. I don't, I'm shocked that the Diamondbacks are still going to keep pitching this guy. He's just not a good pitcher anymore. And another one tonight, um, I said off the air, cause I have the Yankees run line, uh, my best bet of the night and they were getting shut out for nothing. Well, they're up five, four, um, Mike Miner is another one that is just a guy. I think when he pitches for the Reds, you know, really take a chance with the run line on the other team. I'm just going to go really quick here. Starting June 3rd, four innings, five earned runs. Next start, four innings, four and a third, three earned. Next, six, six and a third, four earned run. Next, four earned runs. Next start, six earned runs. I mean, we can just keep going and going and going here. And then again, tonight he has, I think, up to five earned runs. Those are two pitchers that I think if you really are looking for somebody to fade and jump on, those are two guys to keep an eye on and jump on those guys and try to win some money against them. That's good stuff. You actually beat me to the punch. I was just going to tell you your ticket is alive and well. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, let's switch it up. Here we go. We have the last major of the year. We have the Open Championship from the home of golf, St. Andrews. Uh, I believe it's 155 or 152 total number. I'm not sure which one it is. This is actually my favorite um, major to watch. Uh, I, I like because I can get up early and watch during work and watch all the guys and be done by 2 p.m., know where I stand, know where my bets stand. And I actually have a ton of bets on this. So I'll just give a quick overview. Um, this is, this to me is a big boy tournament. I don't foresee a long shot winning this. I think when you look at the odds, whether it be uh, Vegas inside or anything, the guys up top are going to be there on the weekend. And it, it's rare that most of the big names even miss the cut here. And the weather doesn't look too bad. We're going to have 15, 20 mile an hour winds. They think maybe a little bit of rain tomorrow. The course may even play easier in the afternoon, they think, which is good because I have a bunch of guys going out late. Uh, I believe the last time it was at St. Andrews, minus 19 was the total score, which is massive. Uh, and there's talks that they think they're going to break at this, this time, even go lower than that. They were noted today, guys hitting six irons off the tee on par fours, hitting them 330, 340. I mean, you have a short par four, 385, and you're hitting a six iron wedge. Man, uh, these guys could be dialed in early. I won't touch the bets yet because I'll let you guys give a little overview as well. So, Smitty, I know you're big into the golf betting now, so let's see what you got. Yeah, you took a lot of information that I had down, uh, Matt. You know, big fairways. So you don't have to be, 
it's not a course that you have to be very accurate hitting the fairway. Now, the only thing is you can get some weird bounces and you can kind of go all over the place on it. Big greens. Um, I think they said today on one of the shows, I think there's 14 par fours, 110 bunkers on this course. And those bunkers, man, if my ball went in one of those bunkers, I would just pick it up and walk it out. I mean, I, I wouldn't get out of the bunker for days, I think, if I played there. Uh, you know, the greens, they're firm and fast right now. I, I heard the same information, Matt, that you just gave 15 to 20 mile per hour winds. Now, again, you're by water. Things can change pretty quick here. Calm, I saw on the first two days. Wind might pick up over the weekend. I, you know, I, I, I have a, I mean, I'll dive into some names here. I'm going to let Jason kind of go with some things here too, before I go into some approaches key, you know, driving distance, listen to, you know, the great Wes Reynolds, Brady Cannon, that's been on the show. I love those guys. Great podcast. They give out scramblings key. I have a couple names. I'm going to usually do my card that I do pick a guy or, you know, to win, or maybe even two guys to win and then try to do a couple top tens and maybe one top five and then try to give out. I have a couple I like for top twenties. I think you can get some good uh, numbers on some guys. So I'll throw those out. I'll let Jason go and then we'll start throwing out some names here. No, it's like you said, the conditions are this. They said the fairways are rock hard. It, things are rolling 85 yards uh, after they uh, hit the ground, hit the ground. So it's not a long course to begin with. It's only 7,300 yards. Um, and it, it's just going to be, I think what you're going to see is really long rounds because there's, I think five shared greens, maybe more. Um, so you, you obviously have to wait there. You're going to have guys obviously going up, going after all the par fives and two. Um, it's, it's just going to be really interesting here. The one thing is different with links golf probably than the other. If this was the U S open with the same kind of hard and fast conditions, you know, those greens are going to be like running at 14, 15 stimp where you're not going to be able to hold anything. It doesn't really work that way at links golf, right? They, the greens are kind of a little longer and the putting is not really a factor when you kind of do your analysis on these things. In fact, to me, this helps a lot of guys because it sure seems like there's a lot of them out there are really good ball strikers, but really not so good with this uh, flat stick. Um, because that's really not a concern at the British. So some names of guys like maybe Willie Z guy hasn't been talked about this week, but guy is not real great with the putter. Sometimes this is his kind of course. Um, and, uh, I, I guess I, I agree with Matt. This is my favorite venue. I'm usually on vacation this week and I'm usually watching first thing in the morning. Cause it's usually coming on at 5 30 AM. Um, and it's just, like I said, it just looks like golf and you can so see, you see all kinds of shots, see all kinds of bounces. And I'm sure we'll see tons of that this week. If it's playing really that firm and fast. So yeah, it's fun when you it's fun when you wake up and the first thing you just die for your phone to see where your guys are. <laughs> They've been playing since one a.m. on the Yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> so if your guys stuff. are playing well, you get up and watch. If they're not, you go back to bed for a little bit. <laughs> Mini, we got one hundred twelve bunkers on the course. Uh, I totally agree with you. Some of those are just about impossible to get out. They showed Justin Rose hitting into a wall today, catching catching the ball off a of ricochet and just throwing it. Uh, Matsuyama actually had a putt. I think we lost Matt here. A little frozen, and he's hopefully coming back. Well, I think we lost Matt, but we're going to keep going here on this. I, I can I mean Jason will take over here on this. So, Jason, I, I, a name that, you know, you just you threw out there that a lot of people, and I have not done my card yet. My card, I have some names down and I usually do it like 
last second. I have a couple things. But Will Z, like you said, man, Zella Torres is one that I think um, is one that a lot of people have not talked about. And he's been there in every big major this year. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you think overall, would you try to play him to maybe win this or top five? Or where are you going with him? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you have to put something on it to win. He's been so close in all of these uh, events. And I think, what's the price you're getting for? I'm trying to find it right now where the best price for him is. Who's that? I'm back. Sorry, boys. It is Will, nice Will Z. Uh, Will- Zalatoris is 2,500 to one right now. Yeah, so I mean, twenty-five to one is. Uh, I think you got to play him to win with that that odds, and then that also brings in all the top tens and top twenties. You're going to get a decent enough price if you like him. Um, personally, for me, I, you know, it's when we do the little draft with our friends, and the two guys I picked are the two guys I'm going to bet on too. I, I like Tommy Fleetwood, and I like Tony Finau. Uh, Finau has a surprisingly good record on links courses, which. I don't get, but it, it kind of makes sense. The greens are a little slower. He's not exactly the greatest putter in the world. And, you know, and of course, like St. Andrews, when he sprays it off the tee, really doesn't affect him that much. I mean, really, you know, the only thing you affect is how hard your second shot is when you miss uh, at St. Andrews because there's definitely Man. light sides of the fairway to be on. Um, Fleetwood's played well. He played well with the Scottish or the Irish. Wait, no, we were in Scottish last week. I forgot which uh, country we were in. And uh, played well in the PGA. So, um, you know, he's an English guy. He's going to have that kind of pressure on him. But, you know, I kind of really like both his picks. I think you're getting good value at this point. Um, and for top 40s, I think you can get Wyndham Clark, who was my third-round pick, um, at plus money. And I'm trying to remember who my last guy was. But, you know, there's some value, I think, in the top 40s with some guys. Because this, you know, it's a huge field. And you're going to know right away whether people are good or, or not. And, it's, I guess you get, really need to look through, I guess, Augusta is a comp course I've heard a lot this week. So if guys have done well at the Masters, they play well usually here. And then anyone who's just played good links golf over the time, it's you can Google it and you can find it. It's a whole different style of golf. There's a lot of guys it doesn't suit. You know, um, Bubba Watson's a great example. You put Bubba on a links course and he's lost. You know, he loves his American Parkland courses where he can pick out a tree and aim at it. And a lot of these guys struggle when they don't have something to aim at, which is what you find here. So um, but yeah, that's the two guys I like. That's the guys I played to win Fleetwood and Finau. Maddie, who are you going with this week? So, so where did I cut out? Because I was really spitting some chiclets there. <laughs> I think we missed most. You, of the- you you broke out right when you were talking about uh, Justin Rose in the bunker. Oh, uh, okay. Matsuyama. Yeah, so Matsuyama yeah. had a putt backwards. So if you can manipulate these bunkers, and I think. Smitty, you touched on it quick. The, the bounces and the rolls here are very, very different. The Scottish Open showed that. You'd see these guys hit one little mound. One guy would literally kick one way. The other guy would hit the same mound. He'd kick the other way. So if these guys can hit these irons off the tee, and I know that everybody's talking about Tiger hitting these stingers. Well, these other guys can hit these stingers too. So I'll go through the guys that I like. And, J-Cam, you just touched on it about guys playing good on links courses. Smitty, you had this guy last week. I like Jordan Smith. I threw a little bit of money on him. Just uh, pizza money for sure. He's 10,000 to one to win. I'm going to put, I'm going to dabble in that. Jay Kim, I hate to admit it. I love Tommy Fleetwood. I I got him at 28 to one and a round robin to finish top seven. I despise Finau and I'm still not playing him or Billy Horschel or anybody else on my no fly list that we've gone over uh, furiously in the past podcast. I love Zalatoris. I bet on him right away. 20, 25 
25 to one, uh, another round Robin. I took Ryan Fox who's playing well. He's not on the European tour. I'm not sure exactly what tour he's playing on. He does play on the European tour, but there's a different tour that he's playing a lot of South Africa. He's 50 to one, a name to look out for that. I, I dug into was Dean Burmeister, who I guess is basically the European tour's biggest bomber. If this guy can actually just fire three irons into par fours and basically drive the green, I took him in a matchup first round over Brandon Wu, minus 125. I took two flyers on Cam Smith and Grillo to be first round leaders. And then I just went with winners and I kind of went chalk. I went Cam Smith, Cantlay, Scheffler, all round robins, 22 to one, 22 to one, 18 to one. And the last pick for me was Joy Hyun Kim, who's a rookie. Now, uh, I think only one rookie has ever won the uh the open and that was morikawa i i could be wrong but don't hold it to me uh i didn't play him to win i actually took him top 20 he played really well last week in the scottish and i got him a really good number plus 450 to me to finish top 20 that's some pretty good value yeah so i'm eyeing up like i said my card after the show i'm gonna finalize it here I'm eyeing up two guys to maybe do a win on. I like Cam Smith a lot this week. I, I think I'm going to take, there's a good chance I'm going to go Cam Smith to win in a top five. I like Matt uh, Fitzpatrick looking at some stats from VEASAN's uh, magazine that I get. Um, I really like some of the stats that came out with him. I kind of like him. I might even do a, a win with him and maybe a top five. Will Z, I really like. I mean, how can you not go with the guy? I mean, he's always there too. You know, um, Scheffler, I think, is another one. You know, Jason said, Matt, when we lost you about like Will Z is kind of one that a lot of people wasn't talking about. I think Scotty is another one too that's kind of like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, are on Rory and uh, Xander has been playing extremely well um, the last couple of weeks. So I think a lot of people are on him. I don't know if I'm going to do Scheffler. But I don't know. We'll see where the night goes here. Um, just some other names. I love the Fleetwood play. I like Tony Finau, too. Finau is probably going to make my card, Jason. I don't know where I'm going to put him. Top 10, top 20. I like Fleetwood, too. I think he's really good. Um, I didn't write down his first name, and you guys are better at names than me. Powers? Seamus. Seamus Powers. I really like him. Looking at some stuff with him. I'm, I might, I think you can get really good numbers with him in the top 20, I think is not a bad thing. Keith Mitchell is another one that I'm really eyeing up maybe for a top 20. You know, they, I've read some articles about like this, a big family thing. Dad did something over here. The sister's over here. He's playing extremely well. I like his numbers. One more, maybe one or two more here, you know, and again, these aren't all going to make my card. I'm going to finalize it here. I, I, I'm a big fan of Gary Woodland. I think he's a pretty good player. Was playing well last week, uh, was up there, and then kind of took a nosedive a little bit late in that. But um, I like him. Flyers, I think McIntyre would not be a bad one if you want to really go with a flyer on him. I kind of like him top 20. But, I mean, if you want to go a little crazy with him, I think he's another good one. Question for you guys, though, with this live, these live golfers, Who's one or two that out of those golfers that you might think maybe could win or maybe a top 
10, top 20. Who would you eye up for that? I've seen a lot of talk about Patrick Reed because of the comp with Augusta, and that's definitely a track that Patrick has played well. Um, and he seems to be Mr. Liv. You know, they've pointed out that he's wearing the Liv logos on everything he's playing in his practice <laughs> rounds, and that's just his personality, right? Um, so he would probably be one that I would favor. You know, I've heard DJ a little bit. I haven't seen DJ play well, like, since when. I don't even know why, you know. I mean, it, obviously he looks the part, but he's, he's all airport at this point. Um, where he's not, you know, he looks great coming off the bus, but he doesn't look great on Sunday. Um, you know, you have to look to the English guys that have jumped because that, you know, this is a, a course they've played a ton and it's definitely a local knowledge course. Like guys like Westwood and Willett, who you're kind of like, when you're making these picks, you're kind of like grumbling, like, oh, I hate to say his name, but I, I want to do it anyway. Poulter is a guy who Maddie loves, but these guys always show up in this thing. And, uh, yeah, I just I think it's a source of local pride. I, you know, Justin Rose is a guy who's not on the live, but you know, it's, I mean, like these English guys take a lot of pride, especially in this event, and I can see them doing well here. Um, I think they'll play better if the conditions are worse, but um, you know, if, if their conditions are like this, that's what's going to be interesting. If everyone's hitting the ball that far, it really neutralizes the big hitters. It's really going to turn into a, um, a pitch and putt contest, and so you, I guess we kind of need to really focus on the good wedge players and short game guys. Um, so Cam Smith definitely falls into that. Um, he hasn't always fared great in shootouts. You know, he seems to be a guy when the course gets tough, he seems to really just like excel. Um, he doesn't really play well when the numbers get low, but like I said, with his short game, I'll always take him in a major, especially if it gets fast. But um, another guy who I have on my team, I forgot about was uh, Cam Tringali. I've got him um, as a top 40 guy. He's plus value. Um, and then I think we talked about it this morning. If you can find it, one of the good old nationality bets, top Welshman, go with uh, um, you know, his name is down. I forgot it. Is it Jamie Donaldson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's by far yeah. the best Welsh player in this tournament, and I think actually, um, who was it? is it McIntyre is by far the best Scotsman in the tournament. So those are two guys you're gonna be laying a little bit of money. You know, I don't like to do the nationality bets, but they really are by far their best players for their countries at this point. All right, before I send us off, I got a couple stats just to fire out here. So the report on the street, and this is just from one casino in Vegas. Uh, with the Tiger Woods bets, one casino alone is on the hook for $4 million. If, if the other casinos are all rivaling that, man, whew, that is a ton of loot. And Smitty, you... you uh, summed it up really good too about Scheffler. If you're telling me I can get the number one player in the world at 18 to one to win this, I'm putting money on it. And I already have, I, that's, that's just too good of odds. That's basically what we were doing for the past two years with John Rahm when he was, when he'd slipped to 14 to one, if you give me Scheffler at 18 to one, I'm on it. And then a funny story before we switch gears, we did our fantasy draft and <laughs> J-Cam said, Smitty, stop making up players when you pick Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Dietrich, who I actually had on my pick list, and I didn't, and I didn't put him out there. And Smitty's like, what do you mean? Uh, he's, he's a legit guy. He's played really well. He played in the Scottish Open. And I was like, Smitty, a little bit, just a little bit of sarcasm there. We know he's there, but the name just sounds too vanilla to be. Oh, yes. No, so let me, let me, so I was out doing a job outside, and I, I think I updated the board of our draft and nothing was happening. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, and some of these guys in our draft does, they do take a long time at, at times. So 
I got on and I checked her email and I just saw Jason said that. And I, I the first thing I thought I did was I just misspelled the guy or something. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, oh, maybe I butchered his name or maybe put it in the text like um, it changed it or something. So I, I went back and then I was like, no, I know that guy is because I looked him up and I didn't mind his odds and he played well last week. And, you know, where I'm at, I need a really big weekend. And I took uh, Thomas and uh, Neiman and uh, those are my two. And then Tiger, I think Tiger's going to play well, personally. Um, I think he's going to be okay. I think he, I think he makes, I think he makes the cut. Um, and again, I did that. I do this a lot with my, my dad, my dad's a big Tiger guy. So, I mean, uh, to have fun with that. I, I think, I, I think he plays okay. He loves this course. He's won here. This is not a hilly course uh, for him walking um, to be an issue and everything like that. I think Tiger plays well. I know one matchup today, I think it was Jeff Seeley on follow the money said, and I'm going to look to see if I have it on my book is um, Tiger over Phil because Phil's a mess right now. I'll take Tiger any day over Phil. So. Uh, one, one quick note on Tiger though. Um, I, I agree with you. I think he does make the cut. I don't think he's relevant come the weekend. Uh, he goes out, I believe late early. So he has no rest recuperation window after the first two rounds. So he's got to go back to back. And I know it's not hilly, but it's still, he's still not right. You can tell, I mean, when your legs almost amputated 17 months, he's, he's doing yeoman's work just to get out there and and compete. I, I can't see it though. I, I say he makes the cut maybe in the forties and then drops maybe into the sixties come the final. But uh, these people putting somebody put a five, um, five digit bet on him somewhere in Vegas, which pays out, I believe 4 million or something that they got it. I'm like, man, I think these people are throwing away money, but Hey, good for them. Jake, go ahead. Talk. No, that's what I mean. This is these are long rounds at this course because there are so many times where you have to wait for guys to clear because the, the holes do play so short. You know, he may have that back to back, and it's not a hilly course, but that's a six hour round that he's going to be out there standing on that leg, and that's just one of the, his issues where he just doesn't have the endurance to do it. Plus, if you're a golf nerd, if you've seen any footage of his swing this week, he is not getting off his right side at all. He looks like one of us out there. We're not clearing the hips like pros do, and you know it's not his fault. It's just the, the physical capabilities now he might be able to just arm swing it around there just because it's playing so fast but the parts of the game that he doesn't get to play on with the wedges and the chipping and the putting that's really gonna be a huge factor this week so i i don't like him to make the cut i would actually fade him just because i i just think you know he's just physically not up to it he, if he'd have played in between i would have given him a chance but i think he's just been recuperating i just think he's gonna be really rusty all right let's switch it over let's uh we're so I heard another good, interesting tidbit today. We have eight weeks until we kick off some sort of football. That's cakewalk in sports junkies like our world. I mean, we can cruise in the football season. So I'm going to shoot it out here. Just get ready. Everybody for college football, we are getting ready to break down all of our conferences, give you all the breakdowns you're going to want, uh, sleeper teams, over-unders, uh, maybe even some national championship picks, coaches we hate. We're, we're big, we're, we're, we're big South Carolina backers this year. Smitty and I still love Michigan. Jay camps a Penn state guy. So we'll get all that out to you, but let's just quick go to the NFL. Uh, two big things this, well, I'd say in the past two weeks, first with the Baker Mayfield trade to the Panthers. And then we have the Watson suspension court case, possibly looming. I'll start with Baker. 
Uh, I'm actually glad he's out of Cleveland. I think it's a really good move for him to go to Carolina. Even better, we all know already, is the week one matchup versus uh, Cleveland. And for anybody not paying attention, that line actually started out Cleveland minus four. It's now completely flipped. It's now Carolina minus one. I think that's going to be super interesting to look at when we get to week one. And there's a ton of props now going up on Mayfield that you can find, I think, on DraftKings, maybe even Barstool, for his over-unders, yards, everything like that. And there's some really good numbers. I would take a look at that. Boys, what do you have on the uh, Mayfield to the Panthers? It's really – I mean, what are they going to do with Darnold? I mean, you basically – are you going to put Mayfield ahead of him? I think you have to, just based on what they've done. Um, but are, he's a slight upgrade, but not really a significant upgrade. I actually like the Browns getting one in that game. I know that might be Jacoby Brissett. It'll probably most likely be Jacoby Brissett running in that game, but that should be a good defense coming back. And they clearly got a running game, and maybe the offensive line will actually be healthy this year. So uh, Panthers still in a rebuild mode. So that's a nice little value thing I might throw some money on here uh, listening to the podcast, benefiting me tonight. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the, I think the most important part and thing for the Panthers is they get two stopgap quarterbacks, and both of those guys come off the cap next year, and they'll have a lot of money to play with to either see if Matt Corral can play or maybe address it with like a, a legitimate quarterback. But, um, you know, for the Browns, is Brissett good enough to get them through? It, it, that's the question. Uh, he really didn't seem like it when he played uh, with Miami, even though I know he kind of played decent enough when they were kind of coming back. I don't know what Deshaun Watson, what's going to happen with that. I, I don't even know what the right move is on that one. That's a really tricky one, but I do think that they have to look for a quarterback to be the guy that a bridge guy for Watson. I just don't know how much money they want to spend or how much draft capital they want to spend to do it. You know, I think sports is about competition. I, I think you got two guys and both of them are in that, that spot in their career that you have to, are they going to be anything in the league? I think Baker, you know, is, is he any good? Is Sam any good? I'm not sure there. I mean, they could be backups here in another year or two, but I think the good thing about it is sports is about competition. And what their GM said is both those guys have a shot and whoever plays well in training camp and preseason games is going to win the spot. And that's what sports supposed to be. It shouldn't matter. You know, I think they said on follow the money today, some people are saying, well, Sam makes more money, so he should be the star. Well, why? That's a bad investment by like, you know, whatever they signed them or they brought them over in a trade. I know they gave up a lot of picks um, to bring Sam from the Jets in. It should be a competition, whoever's the better quarterback. Same with like, you know, just how I look with the Steelers being a Steeler fan. It should be, you know, it looks like it's going to be Mitch, but it's whoever plays well should win the job. That's that's how I look at this sports. And so I, I agree. You know, I don't know. Carolina to me, I think the coach is in trouble. I think if they have a crappy year again, I think he, I personally, I think the guy's a college coach. I don't I think, think he should coach of Penn state. Him. I really do. I'd like to put a future on that. If I could find it, I think that's James Franklin's replacement uh, sitting down there in uh, Charlotte um, at, you know, he's got the state college roots and he's a Penn, Penn state alum. Called Rory McElroy. He's running college schemes. Like they really haven't adjusted. There's rumors that they didn't even have a red zone package uh, the year that Teddy Bridgewater was there. It was one of the comments Bridgewater made when he went to Denver. That's unheard of in the NFL when the game gets that specialized. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll run the same 10 plays between the twenties, but after that is when teams get unique. Um, you know, their whole, their whole thing is um, the running back. 
And when he gets hurt, when he gets hurt again, you know, what do you, what do you got? I don't care who your quarterback is. I mean, and both the quarterbacks, I don't think are very good. So, you know, Baker came off in a pretty good interview the other day. They showed it on follow the money today, came off and said, he's going to compete and it's not his job yet. And again, competition's a great thing. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah, I'm not, I don't think Carolina is going to have a great year. So a uh, couple things real quick. Uh, Jake Cam, call up Jimmy Vaccaro. Maybe he'll give you a line on that uh, Matt Rule bet. And you should probably, Nobody's you should probably, you. you should probably hedge though and just make him to be the first uh, coaching candidate fired this year. And so, uh, I'll I'll tie this uh, Baker talk into Deshaun Watson. So I, I do not have a law degree from Dartmouth or anything, but I hear one of the biggest <laughs> things tying into this uh, judge's decision is how the cases against Kraft and Jerry Jones were handled and their suspensions and fines since in air quotes, uh, the owners are held in the highest regard when it comes to infractions and everything. So I don't think this is, this is me personally talking. I don't think he gets suspended a year. I actually think he's going to get a 10 or 12 game suspension some sort of half-assed appeal is going to go down and it's going to get knocked to eight. He's going to get, get a half a year in. And if you want to talk about a football division this year that is in total turmoil, except for one team, the Steelers are without Roethlisberger this year. Who's their quarterback? Lamar Jackson contract dispute in Baltimore. How's that going to play? Cleveland, who is their quarterback? Are they? Is Brissett anything better than a backup? I don't know how, and I know it's hard to repeat. How do the Bengals not win that division this year, in my opinion? And how do they not get a one or a two seed in the out of coming out of that division? Maybe I'm completely off my rocker. Just a quick take. And then I got one last one after you guys talk about that. I'm sure there's going to be some missiles fired here. I think the Lamar Jackson contract thing is really interesting because he was an MVP. I mean, they've been really good when he's been there. But, you know, you see him in the playoff games and when they get behind and he does not look like a quarterback capable of winning a Super Bowl. Like there's times where he does, but there's also times when you look at him and he, he's still throwing mechanics go crazy. He can't complete intermediate passes. Everybody knows that. Like, you know, he's been game planable when it got to the postseason. Uh, so, you know, do you really want to invest all that money into a guy who's going to get you a first round loss in the playoffs every year? I mean, that's not bad, but it's not what you're striving for. So I think that's fascinating. The Bengals' biggest enemy is the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> like, the legacy is not there. They have never had that continuity since the 80s. And, you know, even then it was kind of – there were some years where they would go two good years, one bad year. Uh, Burrow might be the difference there. It might be, get them through it. And But I do think the defense is going to fall off. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers made a nice little move picking up Ogan Joby. Uh, he was a key player for the Bengals last year. Give him a nice interior pass rush. That D-line really carried that defense. Um, so that's really the biggest switch is can the Bengals front four put enough pressure on? The D ends are great. I don't know if the tackles are good. And I think the back seven is kind of it's okay. I know the linebackers are terrible, but the secondary needs to play better. And I, I know some guys are healthy this year, and they should be better. But that's that's their biggest question. The Browns, if they can somehow get through this, are in a really good position. I think they have some value because I really like how they've assembled that team. I don't, you know, they have some receivers now. Running backs are really good. The line's really good. You know, their biggest question is a quarterback. Like you said, it looks like they're going to get a guy in four to six weeks. And if that's really the standard they're holding them to is what they, how they uh, punish the owners. I think the NFL is going to be kind of kicking themselves on this. 
Uh, there's parts of that uh, Watson case I really don't like. Uh, the volume of women and just the way he went about his business of switching uh, the, the masseuses, you know, using his own towel to, you know, basically conceals physical evidence. Like that's stuff that's like serious, like pathological stuff that's far more serious than anything we've seen. We've seen Ray Rice, you know, hit his fiance in an elevator out of anger, right? But, you know, he didn't trap her in the elevator with some like elaborate plan. There was no like um, sociopath element to it. There's a serious sociopath element to um, Watson's stuff that kind of just gets brushed over. And I, I don't get it. But yeah, no, it's, it's the Bengals division right now. There's no question. And uh, it, it really is their own. They're their own worst enemy. If they can just get out of their own way, they have a good chance to definitely uh, go deep in the AFC. Yeah, I agree with Watson. You know, there's a, there's some talk about I've even seen like four to six games. And if that's if that happens, that's a shame. And they need there's some issues that really needs to get discussed because like I agree everything Jason just said there. I 100 percent, I think, is correct. This guy is not a good guy, I don't think. And he should be out for a year. You're going to suspend a guy for gambling for a full year. Ridley and then this guy is going to get maybe four to six games eight games Big Ben had one female and he got I think two okay Jason's saying two maybe it was nine who knows I don't know <laughs> maybe that was a Friday night two I don't know but I think, I think yeah. Ezekiel Elliott also had one or two and they got they're going to get the same come on now I mean, this is crazy. Guys should not be playing football this year. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. I, I think it's a crime if the guy plays um, a down this year. Now, I disagree with you guys on uh, the division here. And I have a bet on a little friend. Well, little, little pizza money, little bet with old man in the garage. He likes Cincinnati. So he's with you guys. I'm on Baltimore. And I think that one of the reasons, and I'm right with you guys with, you know, Lamar, I, Lamar scares me as a quarterback. I don't think he's the greatest passer. It seems like he has to run off the field a lot and go to the bathroom a lot. Uh, so I'm just not taking the guy, you know, a lot in it. But they had so many injuries last year, and they were still competitive. I think the coach is a good coach. Tough football team. The running backs are going to be there this year. Now, again, can something change in training camp to a preseason game? Absolutely. I like Baltimore to come back and win the division this year. I hate to say it because I don't like Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins the division. I, I won't fight you on it. Um, my biggest complaint with that is who is catching the ball other than Mark Andrews? Uh, I mean, they already shipped out Hollywood Brown. I, I, I don't know who their wide receivers are without digging in, and I'm going to have to. And then I want to touch on one other thing, Smitty. So as we do this podcast and build relationships, I got an inside source who will re remain anonymous, but he knows um, an NFL player who has been in a few locker rooms. And most recently he's been in Dallas and Arizona. And this is going to tie into your hatred for Kyler Murray, Smitty. But <laughs> I, I think your hatred is spot on. So I am a anti-Dallas person, but this guy played for the Cowboys and he said, as much as people dislike Zeke and Dak and everything, just how Dallas draws hate, he said those are two of the most engaged, nicest guy teammates that people want to hang out with on that squad. And then he saw the total coin flip when he was in Arizona and said nobody 
wants to hang out with Kyler Murray because it's all about Kyler Murray. So I've said it in numerous shows that we've done. I would love to find a bet for Cliff Kingsbury to be the first coach axed this year. And I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I think that's going to be an underachieving squad. Uh, no Hopkins. I, I just don't like what they have going out there in the desert. That's my rant for the end of the night. You guys have anything else? Go no, ahead, I, go I'm going to just, I've been saying it for a year. You know, I said it all last year. I don't, I don't see it with them. I really don't. I, I just think the guy's way too small. And I think it's a tough position to be really small and you can't see over guys. And, and I, you can just kind of see that I think his attitude's not great. I, I'm right with you. And I, I love the bet, Matt. I think I, I don't like the coach. I mean, the guy couldn't win at Texas Tech. I mean, oh, he's not winning. Just, he's not winning. Just I mean, gonna... Hyatt, you just made Ryan Hyatt cough. Well, I know. And that's fine. Ryan can DM me later. I'll talk to Ryan about it. I mean, but could he? Now, was it entertaining football? Yeah, they scored a ton. But could they stop anybody? No, they never changed anything. They never got better. Every year they scored, they couldn't stop anybody. I don't think the guy's a great coach. And again, it goes back with the Carolina coach. Like I said, to me, he was, he's not an NFL coach. Could he? I was, you know, again, I absolutely could see him in college. I can't see him in the NFL. Jay Cam, you have anything else to wrap it up here? No, uh, I, I just think it's telling. I think if you're an NFL team and if your quarterback's not on board or he's not like kind of aligned and as the captain of your team, you're just not going to win games. You're going to look a lot like what the Cardinals look like. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, no one should have been more accountable for how the, the their season ended with the way he played in that playoff game than Kyler Murray, and he, he's been anything but. So I'm really I'm really shocked he's actually still there. I thought they would have been able to deal him, but maybe the word's out that he's just not a he's a bad apple, and uh, they really didn't have a market for him, but. Um, yeah, I, I, that's not shocking. And I would fade a team if you knew that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of teams where you see the quarterback isn't kind of the guy and those teams, you know, they kind of go back and forth, uh, up and down and you see how much a quarterback can unify a team when they kind of believe in them, which we saw with the Bengals last year, you see with the chiefs, like you see what the teams that have the legit quarterbacks, Rogers, those guys are always like people will go there for cheap. And guys think they always have a chance. If they think they have a chance, they're just going to play differently than if they think they're playing out to 17 games. All right. Well, that's all I got. I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad we got to crank out the show. We're getting into the dog days here. Break it up with a little bit of the open championship. Everybody out there listening, check us out at Notebook Wagering. We'll fire out the uh, podcast on our Twitter. Our Twitter handles are at uh, Smitty Bucks at notebook wagering jcam and i am at if you follow matt and one quick bet before we go for all you betters on golf look at a name called matthew jordan in the open grab him top 20 that might be my best bet after i just did a little research while we were talking here everybody have a great night go ahead bang your bookies thanks for listening to the notebook wagering podcast Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.